we recorded this a couple of weeks ago, and it's another one of those ones where we've just. I mean, after a couple of days, I tend to forget what we what we we talk about, and we didn't record an intro. Um, so we both listened to it independently today. I kind of you know uploaded it, and, and we gave it a listen. And I wanted to use the title "Bodily Autonomy: Bugs, Birth Rates, Bicyclism, and Blacks Cuts." And you told me I couldn't use the term "blacks cuts" because I just I didn't think of it until today, and I didn't use it in the actual podcast. So to remedy that, black scuts, and, and that's why it's in the intro. Right that's now. why it's in the intro. I still we're, we're talking I, I, about tax cuts for black people, and I I still don't think it's as good as you think it is. I don't think it, I don't think it's good. It just it it was a B, and we talked about it. So that's true. Along with along with bugs eating bugs, there's been more eating bugs even in the two weeks. It's not just Angelina Jolie now. It's Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman with her four course meal of Spiders or whatever it was. It was all sorts of things. It was all sorts of things. And she said, "Oh yes, oh look, look at this. Mm, yes, amazing. Oh, delicious." Have you have you changed your mind yet on whether or not you? Uh... Well, I wouldn't eat them like that. All I was saying, all my point was, and the, the listener, our special friend, will, will will find out when they listen. All I said was, if there was like a delicious burger, and I, you know, and, and I couldn't tell that it was actually bugs, I might have one. Not me. You know, I, I, my, my diet isn't as strict as yours, and I, a lot of it is because of taste. Yeah. So if it tasted fantastic, I might have the odd one. But that, but that was it. That was it. And, and bicyclism, because it was supposed to be cyclism. It, cyclism. That doesn't begin with a B. Everyone will learn uh, that you are not a cyclist. No. Well, on that bombshell, let's get on with the pod. Bit of personal news. Um, I'm on my way to being a bit more uncancellable. Not not quite permanently uncancellable, <laughs> but but slightly less cancellable than before. This is a change in your employment status. Yeah, I'm going back to being a contractor again Ooh. after two years. Two years? Yeah, just of, over two of, years. Of course it is, because this was the job you took um, right at the beginning of all the nonsense. No, no, it's my second one. So I yeah, took, but I'm saying you stopped being a contractor. Yeah, I stopped being a contractor right at the moment, like the week before the lockdowns. For, yeah. a, for a gig that was like exclusively working from home, and you'd already been managing remote teams. I had, and there was some. They were putting some dodgy rules in around IR35 at the time, That's and, right. and the, the, the yeah, industries hadn't really worked out how to get around them at that stage. So the contract market was drying up anyway. Um, Everyone was going permanent. Every yeah, you know the vast majority of people of contractors were going permanent, at least temporarily, to yeah to see what happened. And but then, that but that job didn't last as long as you thought it was going to. No, I mean it was it was great. This was it a was, bit of a start. It was, was it was yeah. injection of funding, yeah, hire loads just, of staff, see if it works. Oh, it hasn't. Fire loads of staff. Well, it was just I, I think because of the lockdowns and stuff, they were just struggling to get investment. Didn't have much runway, so I had to get rid of a, a whole bunch of people a, a year later. I mean, it was a great fun job, great bunch of people. I'd work there again. The, the problem was clearly sales. <laughs> yeah. was, was the problem not invest? Like that—that's just. But the, major, the majority of startups rely on investment to to, to get going. Yeah, uh, and not and not sales. Unfortunately, it's not the, probably what it should be, but yeah, but they do because um, they're having to compete with everybody else who's getting. You know, massive investment. Um, so it just takes too long. 
Um, but anyway, so that was, it was great. Not very good money, but great, great job. Or great fun, anyway. Yeah. Um, made redundant. On the on the day I was made redundant, I got a phone call from an agent who I'd known for years saying, you're not looking for work, are you? I'm like, well, as of half an hour ago, oh, I am. So I, got a, I had an interview like that day, and then later on in the day got got the offer of, uh, yeah, um, it was provisional on like a technical test, but I sure I blitzed that. Um, so I got that like literally the same day, and that was more money, but just rubbish. You um, haven't enjoyed that. I've known that no. you've been wanting out. Yeah, of that pretty much since and, and since I looked, day one. I looked at new gigs about a year ago, maybe just under a year ago. But the, this, the contract market still wasn't great, and because yeah. people didn't know we were going into the lockdown, and of course, and, and, that, of and I knew that was the reason you kind of just decided so to I, knuckle down. Yeah, I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm not having fun looking around, you know, going to interviews yes. and then finding out that the jobs aren't quite what I anticipated, or you know the weren't really many contracts it's a, it was it's like a another, stressful thing to do well and, and it was if it was going into another contract it wouldn't be quite so bad because i could just think if it's bad i'm only here for three or six months yeah but i didn't want to leave one average permanent job for another, for another. average permanent job or potentially worse so i thought you know what, i'll count it until this year yeah um started looking recently um a couple of agents who again who i had relationships with in the past yes um got in contact with me and uh went for an interview well, i had a phone in like a zoom call a couple of days ago yeah. Uh, or turned last week, went to London today for the face-to-face. Supposed to be a two-hour meeting, ended up being three hours. Wow. Um, before I got home. With a, with a break? With any kind of break? Uh, a tiny break. Right. I mean, they, they offered me, like, longer, but no, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm on a roll. Well, you, you're wired at that point, yeah. aren't you? It's just, um, it's just comfort break you might need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I popped out and got a drink. I'd run out of water, so I went and got some more water and, 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 right. and came back. Um, blitzed the interview, uh, kind of met part of the, you know, part of the team that oh, kind that's of thing. good if you get to meet, meet well people. I asked to do that so yes, look, that's, I, that's I, why I was doing I, I, you know, I say this like I've been getting all these jobs I haven't got a job for 14 years <laughs> yeah we used to and, yeah. and, and so I kind of asked to meet the team uh, so I did that um, and apparently they had because I was getting some good signs I mean one the fact that it lasted an hour longer yeah. than normal um, they were asking me about notice period and stuff. I'm like, well, you, that's not a bad sign at the end of an interview. Those are, those are buying signals. Um, but they had three other guys to interview. So I said, look, we'll try and get a decision by the end of the week. I'm like, yeah, no no worries. I'm in no rush at all. But, you know, I hadn't even gotten home and I got a phone call for the agent saying they've cancelled all the other interviews and offered you the job if you'll take it. Um, so I'm um, And it's not quite... I mean, the rates before COVID were really good, contracting rates. Yeah. It's a, about what I was earning just prior, so not, not quite as good as like six months before. Percentage um, difference term, kind of? Uh, I mean, a reason why. So you've been, you obviously, previous to the, the COVID era of you being permanent, you contracted for you know, most of your adult life. Yeah. So, uh, and obviously the rates, you know, to a degree slowly went up. Yep. Um, and that's based on experience and inflationary pressures. Mm. Um, so, what's the kind of what's the kind of difference from your kind of highest point? Um, so, how how has the market changed? This is what I'm interested in. How the market's changed over the last couple of years? Yeah, I, what I, with I, IR35? What with COVID? I don't think it's changed that much. I mean, I had a couple. The thing is, I had a, couple, had a couple of, of really, really good gigs. Good gigs. Yeah, um, and you can't but, expect that all the time. No, and and they're not a reflection of the vast majority of. Um, no. So, it's about comparable with most of the 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 the, the, the gigs I had in the last two kind or of, three years. As in 
2018-2019. Yeah, 2018-2019. So we're back to that kind of money. Um, So better than it was over the last couple of years. Um, This is outside R35, so I can claim back all my travel and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they're prepared to wait for my month's notice, which is, that, that was the key thing. Um, well, there were two key. One, I wanted something outside R35. Yeah. Two, I didn't want to quit my job and then potentially be out of work for a while if I didn't get a contract. Yes. Um, so finding someone who, who's Would outside willing to R35, wait. yeah, and willing to wait the, the, Do you the know few what? Weeks. Do you know how much like holiday and stuff you've got, obviously? Can, no, can I, you start I, a bit I, need, I think I can. I need to find that out. Maybe shorten it to three weeks yeah, or whatever. I think I could probably knock it down to three weeks. It depends if they're sticking on garden leave. Well, I'm not really doing much at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, so I was about to start a project sometime this week. Right. But obviously, that's not, I, I doubt if that will happen now. Yeah. Um, oh, they, so, might just, they might just say goodbye. Yeah. You never know. That'll be, that'll be good. Yeah. Well, uh, congratulations. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not, I, think, I think in order to be properly uncancellable, you need to have enough money that you never need to work again. Yeah. Someone like Ricky Gervais is uncancellable oh, and JK yeah. Rowling. I mean, you could probably, if you didn't have a mortgage and you had a million quid in the bank, you're probably uncounselable. You're pretty, pretty there, aren't you? But yeah. I think being self-employed and you know having, you know, kind of a, a certain amount of control over your own destiny, like you well, being well, part owner for your company. I was going to say, do you remember when that uh, that person combed through yours yes. and my tweets? Yeah, and then emailed loads of them with screenshots, asking me who I work for. Yeah, like I'm going to tell you. And uh, yeah, and um, uh, but he but found me because yeah, I'm, sure. I'm pretty public in in you know who I well, am. Well, I locked down everything I at know, that point. I, I like, locked down LinkedIn, locked um, down Twitter. What what was funny was uh, they emailed the you know sales at email address mm. um, at, our, at our company, and um, and I just I just I'm getting these these sniggers and things from from people, and I'm like what? And they're like, have you not have you not seen the email that's come in? And I'm like. No, they're, they're just generally taking the piss out of me, and there's and there's this email. But they were, half of them were my tweets anyway, yeah. weren't they? That you just retweeted, that I just liked or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of um, a lot of stuff that was related to Trump. It wasn't even particularly pro-Trump. It was just not anti-Trump. Yeah, well, it was because obviously anti-Hillary or something. You, wasn't you, it? you or... can't just be um, anti-Trump. You have to be actively anti-Trump. Is that the right phrase? Did I get it right? You can't just be not for not pro Trump. You've <laughs> you got to be, be actively, actively anti Trump. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. No, many have tried. Yeah. But one of the one of the things that um, have you so one of the things that influenced me a little bit recently was have you seen because I wasn't sure whether to get another permanent job um, mm. and yeah you know, perhaps try and ride it out a little bit more. Um, but I, you know, I can't how long is the contract? Uh, six months, but potential to go sure. longer. Um, have you seen the latest Blade Runner film? No. All right, it's good. It's good. It's not, it's not as good as the first, right. but it's it's enjoyable. I don't, I don't particularly rate the first. I, okay. I studied it in media studies, which I'm I sure know. didn't help. Yeah. Um, well, I, so I didn't like it at first, and it was on like maybe the third or fourth time watching it. And I'm something like, this is brilliant. And it took me a, you know, a few right. watches. And I read the book because the book is amazing. Oh, the book. The book is fantastic. Yeah. Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Best description of entropy ever. Yes. With his messy river. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I edited down for revision purposes. I remember watching that. A 30-minute version of Blade Runner. Perfectly acceptable. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> that, that's the film. That's the film. You only need to watch a half hour version. I remember, I remember watching that. Um, anyway, the, but in the second, in the second film, um, there's a character in it who produces all the memories for the replicants. Because right. you know, as, as you know, in the first film, they they, they kind of they're give them fake. they give them fake memories so that they think that they're you know they believe yep. they're human. Um, 
and uh, now they kind of they accept that they're fake memories, but they just you know it helps them right. to, to you know to, to cope and to manage sure. and all that kind of stuff. And there's 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 a, a young girl who uh, creates these memories. Right. And it's like her job. And um, you know, the, one of the main characters is talking to her and saying, "Oh, I, you know, I, I thought you'd be you'd be employed by the you know, Tyrell Corporation or whatever." And uh, she's saying, "Yeah, no, they they, they wanted me to, um, but um, uh, but I refuse, and I stay I, I, I stay a consultant." You know, I, and she says, her, "Her words are, I take my freedom where I can get it." Um, and right. I'm thinking, I need to go contracting again. <laughs> So, so you watched that, and that major decision for you. That that certainly influenced it. Yeah, just about. Yeah. She's like, I don't, I don't care about the money. I want my freedom. Yeah. Um, so uh, that influenced me a, li- a little bit. Um, and welcome to Sound Evolved, the podcast about freedom. <laughs> that that was a, a, an amazing ten minute segue there <laughs> to introduce our podcast. Um, do you uh, do you want to talk a little bit about Roe versus Wade? Um, or sure. just the, the, no, the, the whole general. Um, I mean, we ha- we have done not that long ago. Cause this was it was on the cards, wasn't it? Um, it's not exactly you know unforeseen that this was this was going to happen. No. Um, but no, certainly I've I've, I've actually been um, uh, listening to a few other people talk talk about it. Americans, obviously, it's uh, you know it's a thing over there. It's not affecting the law over here. Um, uh, but I've had conversations with other, other Brits and things as well, um, and it's it's again it's always interesting getting people's take over here. Like when you talk about gun control, and mm. the laws over here are different from the laws over there. This is another one of those kind of issues. It's really interesting though that I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen anyone. This is including all you know like libertarians, anarchist people. Yeah. Um, who, I don't think I've seen anyone who is. For want of a better term, pro-abortion, or just you know, wants it to be um, at least partially legal. You know, maybe not. Yeah, like the far left up until birth, um, or even I mean, it's, they're even talking about like past birth. Like what? if it's like if, if the baby's premature, we'll keep it alive for a few days, and then you can to allow you to make a decision. What? Unbelievable! If that isn't murder, then then yeah, what oh, is? Well, quite. Um, but anyway, I've, I don't think I've seen anyone who's been. Who's, who's kind of pro-abortion, at least to a point, arguing that it's a good thing that they've said that this should not be dealt with by the... Because that's all they've said. It's that uh, it's this is not in our... It's, it should, this should not be in our power to dictate. Uh, and, and by that they mean at a federal yes. level so that states themselves can come up with their own laws. And yeah. they're obviously feverishly scrabbling to come up with those laws. Because what they could have done themselves. is they could have outright banned it at a federal level. They could have just yes. completely, because they, they're talking about it over time, I and mean, they could have actually said, you know what, this is, yeah. you know. Um, well, and that's, what the, that's the interesting thing, isn't it, is that I think there are, there are quite a few people that are um, uh, pro-choice, uh, and I'm using, I'm using their terms, <laughs> you know, um, but that the think that Roe versus Wade was bad law, mm. um, and, and so it's not. It, 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 this notion that striking it down, and even that, even though that's an emotive term, isn't it? Um, is is somehow this terrible, terrible thing? Um, well, it was. It was. Just, it was. Well, it was decided by seven old white men fifty years ago or something. Yeah. And if you know, it's yeah. Oh, look. I, so obviously, there are issues with what's going to happen next. Uh, and part of that is mainly just 
the two extreme positions. Well, that's that's and nobody, nobody's there. The vast majority, like, come on, the vast majority of American people are not either of these two extremes. They're where you and I are, which is, you know, understanding that there are certain circumstances and certain amounts of time. And I know you can rationalise it very clearly. I've seen your tweet about, or you were retweeting somebody else's talking yes, about bodily autonomy. It was, yeah, it's perfect. Um, which I'm, we can talk about in a moment. But basically, there's a common sense there really is a common sense middle ground on this one. I know we like to we like to say that the the the, the We're cent- a, a centric abortion centric abortion centric. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. But but there really is there there really is you know circumstances where you where, where obviously it's the right thing to do. Is it a nice thing to do? No, it's not. But that's where the majority of people are. They're not saying that it has to be absolutely none or absolutely everything. Yeah, it, and, and I think the the people who are saying, right, it needs to be an outright ban, it's killing babies, blah, 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 mm. blah, blah, yeah, yeah, your Matt Walshes and these people, um, they're making a mistake. And again, I don't yes. know if you saw so I tweeted recently saying that the, you know, the left made a mistake for two years abandoning bodily autonomy and my body, my choice for the vaccine mandates. And the right are doing the same thing now, pushing for... Um, you know, for outright bans in states, and you're going to get you're going to get states like you say where it's a, it's legal up until the day you can you know you're going to give birth, and other states where it's, completely, it's completely illegal. illegal. And it's and, and I bet I bet seventy percent of Americans are you know would would uh, would, uh, would support probably more would support abortion in the you know the first trimester to use their terms, and then you know then it'd be illegal after that. I imagine that if, if if that was on the table, the vast vast majority, super majority, would vote for that. Totally, totally would. But where I wanted to go with this, so Dave Smith is um, is anti-abortion, um, and he's he's a supposedly an anarcho-capitalist, and I know I can and like he says he can see good faith arguments on both sides, um, but some things that he's been saying I don't quite agree with. Is he betraying his right wingness, or is this religious? Because there are a lot uh, of I think it's religious, religious kind I, of anarchists. I, 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 I find it a very strange. I'm not sure it's religious because he's he's a, he's Jewish, isn't he? He's a Jewish background, but he's yeah. not a practicing Jew. I think he's he's like I would describe my wife as being Jewish, <laughs> as opposed to Jewish. Um, so I don't think he's like a you know one of the from Jews um, yeah. or you know proper practicing. Um, but he you know still appreciates his background and stuff. But it was having kids that changed it for him, mm. and he was trying to decide. You know where where the point is, and he said it, it it has to be when you know when when you conceive, um, which is you know you could I, I'm 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 fine with life beginning at that point, but that doesn't mean that you'd lose your bodily autonomy. And and some of the things where he was trying to counter other arguments people made, like uh, saying if it's viable, and he says well he doesn't think that um, uh, you know the law should be around kind of how far forward medical technology and stuff is mm. but we do that all the time if you've got if you've got an elderly relative on a life support machine and they've got a couple of weeks left to live and that couple of weeks is going to be agony then you'd be forgiven for turning it off in fact I yeah. would want someone to turn it off for me if yeah. I was in that state I'm yeah. just suffering for weeks yeah but if there's a cure because medical technology has advanced the stage where there's a cure for this disease then you probably wouldn't want to turn it off so we already we already do you know we already judge our moral um, decisions on based on what's around us and, and the environment we live in. Another example he made was uh, which he, he took from someone else was saying that because there's there's the eviction argument, isn't there? 
in the you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's a horrible, horrible term. But I can yeah. I can understand it. It's like you know, it, it's like they are trespassing, I guess, and 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 it, and it's a whole bodily autonomy, your bodily autonomy and their bodily autonomy. If theirs depends on yours, then you know you you need to be able to exercise your own bodily autonomy, whether that's the right thing to do or good yeah. or not. Yeah, you know, is a, is a difference from whether it should or should not be illegal. And the example he gave was if someone is in a hot air balloon and you want to evict them, should you just throw them out? Um, and, it, you know, it's, well, okay, for a start, have you negotiated with that person to be in your hot air balloon? Um, or it's, I don't even want to get into something as or stupid as, as, as that. Or as, as he just snuck onto your hot air balloon, is it going to take you nine months to get back down to, to the ground? And are you obligated to feed and clothe and support this person? Has he, has he got you at knife point? In this in this balloon, yeah. and therefore it's a matter of life or death of whether you evict them or not. But I, I'm, anyway, I'm I'm because one of the thought experiments I wanted to do was okay if that's in the scenario where somebody where you're let's say you're in a in a, in a zeppelin somewhere uh, and you're living you know high above the clouds <laughs> um, and and you find someone on there that's snuck on right can you turf them out? What the, as in that would result in their death? Yes. Man, you you got a whole load. I know. Lo- Isn't that's it a great? great one. Isn't Look, it great? I think everything to do with the sky or underground is where we normally get into difficult arguments about property rights and 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 the sea and the sea and the ocean. Yes. Yes. So you could What's be the difference could, between the surface of something. You could be you could be on a ship. Yeah. Um, and someone you know someone snuck in. Are you obligated to feed them until you can get back to land, or can you just throw them overboard? Or if you're not obligated to feed them, can you just let them starve? Can to you death? just let them starve to death? <laughs> well, I think most people would, would agree that's not a very nice thing to do. No, but the question is: should should, should you be obligated to do it? Should should it be ille- should it be illegal to let someone starve starve to death if they've intentionally trespassed on your property? They're free to go. You are free to well, go. Well, I'm asking you the like. question now. Are you obligated to feed anybody other than potentially your children? See, I, I, I right now, if there's someone, I, any, anyone that's I don't, near you, I don't think this is sound. There's going, no law, this, is there? This is going to sound harsh, but I don't think by law you should be made to but care I for someone. I, I don't. As I say, I think you will be. You would be prosecuted for child neglect or something. There are, there are clearly going no, to I mean, be. No, I mean, I'm talking about the person in your the person in your yacht or in your zeppelin. No, I know, but I'm just taking it more broadly. There aren't any laws other than relating to children, in in, in is my knowledge, of where you are obligated to keep anyone else alive, if they just happened to be near you on or off your property. But if you're if you're in the air, I mean, we can try this out. But, but, no, but there aren't exceptions. There aren't. There isn't a law that says if you're on a plane or a zeppelin or on a boat and you happen to find someone, so can you I have throw, to feed them. Can I? No, okay, but okay. Aside no, from no, 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 can, no, can no, I throw no. Them letting, out? letting them. Let, if, if they, we're talking about them having responsibility for their life. You don't suddenly have responsibility. For okay, their they're life, costing. Do you? They're costing me more fuel, keeping them in this zeppelin or on this boat. Can I turf them out? Because that's the important one. I think that would probably be classed as murder. Yeah, see, I'm not, it's, it's and it's one of those things that I'm not sure that should be that should be murder. I don't think anybody should do it, um, but I'm not. It's, is it is it murder if you're just evicting someone something from your property? It's a really tricky one. I mean, I would never do that. Okay, but. it is if you're doing it from your womb. 
That's where we started, wasn't it? <laughs> we're talking about eviction. Right, can we talk about viability for a moment? We can't. I've got another scenario for you, though. Okay, well, the problem with you laying out all these scenarios is I'm going to forget all of my points relating to each of your scenarios. This but is, this is carry exactly on. Carry what on. I have to deal with. Carry on. Um, so I think a better scenario is um, you're walking down, um, uh, walking down a, a street or a, a road and there's a river nearby and you see someone drowning in the river. Um, morally, I would hope that you would save them. But I don't think you're obligated to save oh, them. Right, okay. So what type of obligation are you talking about there? Yeah. Because is there such thing as a moral obligation? You're saying that the moral thing to do, but isn't that a moral obligation? Yes, and so therefore you should not be obligated by law to risk your life to save someone. Yes. But I think, well, I just want you to be clear that the term obligation could be used to describe something moral. Yes. So if we're distinguishing I'm, between I'm talking, legal... I'm, yeah. And ethical. I would, I would, I would hope, and I mean, I would, unless it's shark infested. Well, I was about to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick you, you know, up straight away like on this alligators. raging torrent that is carrying <laughs> this person away, and I have, I have a responsibility to, to myself, my life, and, and my family. family. Yeah. Okay. Um, to not endanger myself, even if what I would really like to do is save a life. But let's let's just say for uh, you know for the purposes of, of this thought experiment, it's in a it could be in a swimming pool. It could be in yeah. a swimming pool, and the guy just can't swim. You walk past past a pool, yeah. the guy just oh, can't swim. If if the chances, if if the only damage to me is going to be my wet clothes, yeah, I know I know you would save them. Then, I'm talking about, but should you be legally obligated to save them? No, then, correct. Yeah, so that that I think that's a better. No, God, that's what well, you're putting people. In a shocking situation, if you are legally obligating them, but then to do it, the, but, we're talking about positive and negative rights here. But that's the whole thing with the abortion, isn't it? It's like you're you're yes. now legally obligated to for nine months to, and and we all know what I mean. Think of what happened to to your wife when she was pregnant. She couldn't walk for um, you know the last yep. month or so. Um, I well, mean, and the first pregnancy for a lot longer than that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, with Leo, it was ages, wasn't it? Yeah, well, because she had um, uh, it was a problem with her pelvis um i, I love I, I the only reason i remember this is because of the particular hormone involved which is called relaxin and what <laughs> it, it's just the best name hormone ever relaxing relaxing guess what it does it relaxes all the joints and it what it does is it's getting things like your pelvis ready to um to to deliver a baby and so it's got to be flexible and so all the your your, your pelvis isn't one bone so was it doing it too early doing it too early doing it too much and so what was happening was the parts of the pelvis were rubbing together causing excruciating pain so basically the whole of her pelvis was just too loose normally it's being held together really tightly relaxing normally kicks in to a certain degree in order to help um with birth um but it was just going just going too much so um so she, she she couldn't walk so because we knew that the first time, the second time she got loads and loads of physio, yeah, got loads yeah, yeah. prepared prepare for it. But the first time, it was only a, it was only a few months in, and she couldn't walk. Yeah. Um, so so and, I was obligated to look after her. <laughs> and even even if that doesn't happen, it puts a lot of stress on on your body and stuff. And I, I can understand if you're, you know, if you're some sixteen year old kid um, who got themselves pregnant um, and hasn't realised it for a couple of weeks, so you can't take the morning after pill um, because you you were using contraception and thought it worked. The morning after pill is is far. Well, that doesn't from always guaranteed. work anyway, because you can. You, I remember you described it to me. You can conceive almost immediately, can't you? In which case, it, it's, it's game over. It is. It is. 
only works for a very specific window mm. uh, in Allman's cycle. Um, and if you, if you if you don't get that, it's it, it's touted it's touted as literally any morning after, and it's so not mm. so not that at all. Some mornings after. Some the some mornings after pill. Occasional mornings after. <laughs> they wouldn't sell as many, would they? No. Um, so I, you know, and, and you would you would hope that if you know if if you know young kids are in that position, then perhaps they would think, okay, I'll, I'll we'll, we'll put the kid up for adoption. But you can't force anyone to do that. Um, well, I, I don't think you should be able to force someone to do that. I mean, it's and it's not you know it, obviously at that point when when it is alive. Um, it's it's not great to like you say no, no abortions are great, but I don't think anyone should be legally obligated to go through that for nine months. And they, you know, and on rare occasions they can they can kill you, yeah, um, or cause or cause serious issues. So I just want to talk a bit about the term used viability. Yes, okay, okay. And you obviously you, know, you were talking about what Dave Smith had said, but um, I want to talk a bit about that because babies aren't ready to look after themselves children can barely look after themselves most but a, adults <laughs> <laughs> but a baby when it's born is helpless yeah. okay so the notion that there's that the viability thing is about a point in time where they can survive with medical science mm-hmm. i don't find quite as compelling uh, as, as it, it's not the slam dunk people think it is, because even at the moment of birth, you, you people need to look after you need people and things and effort to look after a baby. So, it, I'm, I'm, I'm but not. There's a, there's a point where it cannot survive even with medical science. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. And um, after that point, I think it's a very bad thing to do. To I I agree to, to abort. I, I agree, um, but it's it's just not quite as simple as that. I don't think. And um, and the other thing is, um, it obviously it I don't, don't want to just bring in money, but it obviously it costs resources, it costs time and people and money to keep premature babies alive. Uh, and obviously, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have care for premature babies, but the the notion that you would have to keep it to a certain point and then and then and then deliver. Early because you couldn't. I don't want to force people into into trying to essentially have their baby delivered early because it's technically viable. And I think that what you end up with when you talk about banning abortions is that you end up obviously with all the um, the back alley stuff. You end up with all the dangers surrounding abandoning children um, and uh, and trying to trying to get rid of get rid of the pregnancy in, in I mean, much more unsafe ways. Um, and I, I think it opens the door to people thinking about things in, in these kind of horrific ways. Yeah, I mean, there's, I guess there's a risk of, of a perverse incentive of someone who doesn't want to have an abortion, so will have it for a certain amount of time and then, yeah. and then force delivery. But that's, probably, that's probably, probably better than having an abortion. Um, it's you know, and you wouldn't want. I guess depends on the circumstances. And you would, I would, I would imagine that most people, if they don't want a child, would, and then they're pregnant in the first trimester, will have the abortion then. Yes, um, it's these muppet leftists who, you know, you know the extreme ones. Who, Should we, can we just can we just talk about them just to put a smile on our faces? What, um, muppet leftists, the, the the ones specifically who are 
so pro-abortion that they want to kill babies. And I'm not saying that we should specifically laugh at that as a policy, um, but I think they that's, are that's, so extreme. I think that's one of the reasons that it's... I, I think the right was... Uh, they haven't been happy about Roe versus Wade, but they weren't massively out... It hasn't been a big thing until the last couple of years when they were talking about these you know, abortions right up until birth. And then everyone's like, right, no, no too nobody, much, too far. Nobody has been talking about, to, to, to my knowledge, nobody was been talking about abortions that far into a pregnancy until until literally like the last, as you say, last year or so. It's, it's the last, last couple of years. So they've done they've done two things. One, they, one they've, these extremists have just been pushing and pushing and pushing. Yeah. And two, they abandoned bodily autonomy for vaccine mandates. Yeah. So it's like, well, okay, if, if bodily autonomy is, is, is now off the table, then have you, you don't get guy? yours. Have you, have you seen the guy um, going around New York uh, asking oh, people, hilarious. asking them if they support on, on my the, body, my choice, yeah. and then do you support vaccine mandates, and just watching them? Well, the reactions just, are all they're like just wrestling with them, and they're just trying to. Find, or they just, or they just say, they just swear at him and say, yeah. "Go away!" Or there was another guy. Compute. There was another guy on. Um, he was going to a march about refugees welcome, and he was he had like a clipboard with him. And uh, he went up to everyone who had had like a refugees welcome sign and said, "Ah, yeah. oh, this is this is I'm so pleased that you're supporting this." And like, "Oh yeah, thank you very much." They're all really enthusiastic. Like, would you like to put your name down to uh, to rescue a refugee? Then we're taking names and addresses now. And like, oh, oh no, no, I don't really, I don't have the room, you see. And uh, <gasps> so, so what? So what? It's, it's somebody else's job. Is it somebody else should take these refugees in, not you? And they're just squirming. So he starts off by being really on their side. And then asked to take the name and address, the way to do it. and they all start shrinking. And they're they're literally with placards, yeah, saying "refugees welcome." And he asked all of them, but not for them. Yeah. So can you tell? Oh, that, I live in a flat, and I can't so really, that, really have a room. And is that that just is activists all over, isn't it? The the people who are out with a placard, shouting and screaming like all of the all of the memes, mm. you know, that that there are. Uh, it's it's. What they want is policies for someone else to deal with. With someone else's money, someone else's house, someone else's body. Mm. Um, what the, so there's obviously the... Uh, going back to abortion specifically, there's uh, obviously all the um, the activists going on um, sex strike. Um, that, so that's the funniest thing. Isn't it? Because all it is is left-wing Ugly women... women punishing left-wing boyfriends who are going to be on side anyway. So it's... All they're doing is punishing the people that are on their side, whereas the right wing. Who well, are, they're punishing no one because no one's going to shag them. <laughs> they're just they're going on strike, but these are people who no one's going to touch. Right. That's why it's funny. Is that me? Is that like me going on strike and saying, "I'm not going to play for the NBA anymore." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. I'm going on an NBA strike. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And the NBA going, um, who's this guy? Yeah. You're six foot two and our guys are six foot ten. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Can we talk a little bit about tax? Always. It's been a while. It's been a while since we we talked about tax. So, um, So Michael Malice, and this was a while back, because um, he's he's quite clever with some of the things that he suggests. Because he, he he picks things and like specific policies that he knows will wind people up, sure. but they won't be able to argue against them. Sure. And one of these things was he was talking about reparations, 
And he says, yeah, I'm fine with it. We take all the money from the universities, <laughs> right? <laughs> so universities get no money and we give it to, we give it to black people as rep- reparations. And you know, the guy interviewing was him saying, well, but you're, you're an anarchist, aren't you? And he's like, yeah, but for this one, I'll, I'll, I'll bite that bullet. Um, <laughs> because, you know, he, you know it, it's, uh, it's just-, just <laughs> If I can defund something that is absolutely yeah, on, on the on the on the on balance, that would be better. <laughs> That's an interesting okay. one. Choosing an on balance. Yeah. Oh, so okay. I want to. I want to have. Um, I've got. got, I've, got, got, I've, got some, well, I've just got. I've just got. On the same theme. Yeah. Because I was just thinking this through in my head, so I'm thinking. Well, yeah, we could do that, but what else could what else could we do instead? And I and I that would talking about funding potentially have like a better impact. I mean, and and I mean, honestly, I, I think that's a really good one because defunding the universities would, would have such a fantastic effect. Um, yeah. Because they're all just little kind of you know Marxist, Marxist factories, factories. yeah. Um, but cultural Marxist factories, yeah. It's no, not, no one knows what Marxism is anymore. Uh, they they just know how to be trans and be a victim. Um, so anyway, I was thinking, okay, if we're not going to defund the universities, um, what about tax cuts? So tax cuts for black people, okay, because. You know what could happen is suddenly because of all the tax cuts, and I'm talking about significant tax cuts. Okay, like like eliminating income tax for black people. Yeah, or certainly halving it. You know, like yeah. something significant. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly there'd be more entrepreneurial. I'll bet you'd find over time they're actually paying more tax because they're making much more money. And then because of this, we could show actually we were on the wrong side of the lap of the curve. Let's reduce tax for everybody. That would so be an interesting obviously, one. Obviously, if ideally... tax revenues went up... Yes. Because... Or, or at least up for them. Yes, of course. Because um, you can do all sorts of funny things with, you know, they could, they could increase tax for everybody else to, and, and therefore, you know, yeah. overall could go down, but just, just for them. Um, obviously, you'd, you'd want tax cuts for everybody, ideally, but... but right. You're, I mean, you're missing the fact that that's always shown. Okay. I mean, when... Um, the arguments back in the 2010 government. It's always shown recently, but we've been on the wrong side of the Laffer curve. If you were on the other side remember of the Laffer curve... Remember there were, there were ta- yeah, so-called tax cuts for millionaires. Yeah, that's how it was spun. Yeah, back when the coalition government came in. And they did trot out regularly. Um, you know, the government spokesman would trot out regularly. We got more money in when we eliminated that tax. Okay, we showed we'll, it. We'll go, go back to 1979 when, when Margaret Thatcher came in. Yeah. And the tax rate was, the, the, the highest tax rate was yeah. like 85% or even, yeah. even higher, wasn't it? And the top What one, I'm saying is the, no one listens. The top 1% were paying 13% or just under 13% of all income tax revenue. And then when they knocked it down to 40, uh, by the time Tony Blair came in, it was just under a quarter. So, they, you know, like I said, but it does depend. If you were on the, if you had a very, if you had low tax intakes and you reduced it even more, there's a chance that you would get less. But because we were on the, I'd on the like side. to see that happen. Well, we'd have to cut it dramatically to even get to that. <laughs> that's stage. what I'm saying. If, if um, that's the territory that we were in, you and I would be partying. But then I started thinking, okay, even if that, even if they were just ignoring all this evidence, okay, yeah. so they give tax cuts to black people, and black people become um, much more, uh, much more entrepreneurial, and they, you know, they, they just generally make more money. They work Rich, harder because richer, they're, they're happier, taking yeah, more, more prosperous. Yeah, like everybody is when they when you reduce their taxes. Yeah. Even if they ignored all that evidence, that would still be a, a, a positive for a, a portion of society. Even though it's not us, that would still I, be. An, we would an, we would benefit as well. Of course we would. Of course we would. Even if we would be still not 
we we would be still taking home less out of our out of our pay packet. We would benefit. But on balance, it would be good. Yes. And then I started thinking: Is there such thing as a bad tax cut? Ooh, I see what you're getting at now. And I think there could be. Go on then. Okay, so I was, and this was this was me thinking about. So you know the uh, you know the swimming body, the kind of a, the Olympic swimming body or whatever. If there's they are. no, if there could be a bad tax cut, then that must mean you think there could be a good tax rise. Anyway, carry on. Go back to your. <laughs> That's one for in five minutes' time when I had time to process that. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. Anyway, you know, you know. So they've, they've banned. Uh, transgender swimmers if you yes, transitioned is, older than 12 years old after I think puberty it is. or whether there's a specific age I think it's, it was, it was reported as, as post-puberty yeah so and I remember thinking and everyone was thinking oh yes yeah, it's fantastic news I'm thinking well hang on a second you're encouraging parents to transition their totally. children younger which That's is a bad thing. thing I thought it's a perverse incentive so for the people who are right now adults and saying I'm trans and all that then obviously it's going to have an impact but you're right it's not a good incentive for yeah. the people who are at the sharp end of this right now. So if we gave trans people tax cuts? You're saying that is a bad tax cut because it incentivises being trans? I think it incentivises going through the motions. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, being trans. Yeah. It's not all of them. (laughs) I know, but it's worth... Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's... Right, so, okay, so, right... The only reason that's a negative tax cut, negative tax cut, uh, is <laughs> is is because of the dis- difference between those uh, those who are still paying the tax and those and those who aren't. So it's because the tax cut is being used as an incentive. So yes, you picked. And it could you be anything. something, right? It could be you know, if you're if you're obese, if you're clinically yeah, obese. Yeah, right, right. You know, but yeah. you, nah. But that's the, you, the original one you talked about was being black, and you picked an immutable characteristic. Yes. Okay, and that's why you can't incentivize me to be black. I mean, maybe if you're Gary Lineker, you can have a go. Did you see all the black Linekers matter me? Well, why, why do you think I brought it up? <laughs> the, that was that was a really good twenty four hours on Twitter. I thought. After he after he made those comments, anyway. Uh, but I mean, I've, I've to be fair, I've been saying to you on and off for a while that I think that this notion and there was a few there was a few high profile examples of people saying they were black when they weren't. And Gary Lee has just popped up, but uh, you you know, in the past few years, yeah, there was people that, claimed that, that woman they, who she got yep, quite high, didn't she? In she some did in a proper black charity in a black charity, like and there was that there was that other guy as well who just had a bit of a tan um, a few years ago. But and I've I've been saying we we, we will see a rise. Well, Sean King that. as well, who who claims to be is that? Do you know? Is, is that that be the guy I'm talking about? Well, no, he he's, he's never officially been. Um, kind of exposed, although it, he's he's like I mean he, he looks like Ali G. They, they, well, he's, <laughs> on Twitter they call him Talcum X, okay, <laughs> <laughs> which is like the funniest the funniest nickname. I mean he's such a moron anyway, but um, right. you know and he, it, the reason one of the reasons he annoys people is because he's got like he's had like some scholarship for black people or something, yeah, um, and he just looks. I mean he's not as dark as you are right now. Yeah, I have um, been seeing quite a bit of the sun. Yeah, recently. Sun is good for you. 
so I've been out in the sun a lot. But you're talking about, and, and, and there's there's, there's the other yes. way as well, like the, the um, wasn't it uh, Biden before the election? If you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Do you remember Oh, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's not... So it's well, not the, you the, can, the left don't you think can it's made, immutable. Ah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that, but that is why I thought there would be more of a rise of it. And there's the notion... I can't even believe this is even a, even, even a thing... But the notion of being politically black is what is what you were referring to there. Okay, that and that you can be politically black, you can be politically gay. I mean, you know, there's there's been people who've been told that they're not they're not gay, even though they're a man who has sex with another man. But they, but they're not gay anymore, in the same way that these people aren't black. Well, yeah, it's, who it's who is politically the, gay? Who's, and politically who's, black. who's the uh, the extremely rich entrepreneur? Uh, Peter Thiel. Uh, was it him who's who's told yep. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking of in that in that example there. Yeah, and and obviously people like Douglas Murray are called that all the time. Yes, um, yes, exactly. Um, but but, it, but if you if you talk to so I think and and I've known I've known so people like Zuby have kind of backed this up as well, in that the vast majority of black families are probably more on the conservative side. Yes, um, totally. you know, if, if anything, you know, certainly not either extreme, but they're probably more on the conservative side than they are on the, than they are on the left. Yeah. You know, with the you know just more kind of traditional family values, yeah. orderly. Certainly outside the US as well. You go anywhere else, absolutely. Um, and uh, you know, they're, they're, they're the other way. But in the US as well, they're more. You know, absolutely. But yes, yeah, to, to go back to your original point um, about about the tax incentive or disincentive, mm. um, it. If it's something you can choose to be, and let's just park for the moment that you can choose to be black, <laughs> okay, um, in order to get reparations <laughs> or in order to get the tax cut, yeah. um, the, the 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 trouble is people are incentivized. There, there, there are incentives without a tax cut. There are incentives right now in society to be trans, which is which is why it's it's on the rise, you know, completely unnecessarily. There's certainly perceived incentives yes I mean it's high status yes I, I don't yes. think overall there's much of a benefit yeah oh, but, um, well but it's high I mean god here's another list we could do you know what are the high status things being vegan or at least saying you're vegan yeah that's not is as, a very high status thing. I don't think it is I don't think it's as high as it used to be People are you getting, think that's on the wane? Yeah, people are getting sick of vegans. Now. Well, I mean, I mean, I know I am. <laughs> no, but honestly, there, there's more. But vegans are shutting really? up. They're learning to shut up a little bit. Nah, that's different from them being pandered to constantly. You can't go into a restaurant without a vegan section on the menu now. Yeah, but I think they're just playing catch up. What do you mean? Well, so vegan veganism was big a year or so ago, a couple of years ago, and it takes everyone a while to catch up. Um, Right, but they're not going to stop having those vegan selections. Have you been? To, have you been to Wagamama recently? I can't eat there anymore. No, but I think if nobody orders these, they'll stop them. And right, and and this this is the point. I'm not going back to Wagamama until somebody shows me that the menu has got food that I can eat on it. Mm. I mean, I know I'm the I know I'm the anti-vegan, uh, and so that does that does put me in a bit of a special case. Um, but I don't think I don't think veganism is is quite as, as really? not not as bad. I mean, it's, yeah, it's still it's still obnoxious people. But um, I mean, it, it, it but it's still incredibly trendy. It's still pushed. It's I suppose right. There's vegans a Venn or diagram. cyclists. Who's the worst of, of what? Sorry, vegans or cyclists? <laughs> Vegan cyclists. If the Venn diagram 
of high status versus pushed as the narrative obviously isn't a complete you know convergence of two circles so there are still high status things that aren't pushed but there are still things that push that you know, aren't so veganism is still very much it's not, and it's not just veganism now it's you've got to eat bugs that's yeah. not veganism that's the opposite no, I don't, of veganism I, I know well okay well, well vegans aren't vegans aren't vegans either yeah okay the amount of animals that have to die in order for their crops uh, to be sprayed yeah the, the amount of the amount of insects the amount of small mammals that get killed in farming I get that but the people pushing bugs are not vegans uh, agreed agreed uh, that's but, another food fat a different a different group of people and, I, and that's probably that's probably I, I, and certainly on Twitter and things I see that pushed more than veganism at the moment they, they right so do you think all that's all the time right so do you think that is based on what you've just said you've observed which is that veganism is a bit on the wane and so they're like right now push the bugs push the bugs yeah possibly <laughs> do you think yeah possibly yeah get get Angelina Jolie to eat some tarantulas in front of you but they're talking about making burgers out of them and stuff and it's like oh, yep. it doesn't look like it's just you know it's just protein it's like yeah it's not so a, it's not um, tastes like a steak is it it's not, who cares about the taste I care about what's in it I care about what it does to you I care about the nutritional elements of this oh, if it tasted good I'd eat, I'd eat bugs <laughs> if it tasted like a steak and it was like dripping with you know if it, if it was like a you did it instead of cow uh, alongside maybe oh you've changed man no I'm, I'm all for you know if it was because they are, they are high in protein I think they're probably quite nutritious I don't think they're necessarily bad for you it's just you know just unappetizing. But if it, if it was if they could have like if you could get a burger and you, and you do the just because it's challenge, protein doesn't mean it's nutritious. No, I like a lot of protein. Um, well, so put. I have sprinkle pro- some I have, locusts on your beef burger. I have protein supplements and stuff. And if if I could get a burger that tasted as good as a beef burger, so you would replace your beef intake or at least some of it. If it tasted fantastic, I might do, yeah. Just based on taste. You're not looking at nutrition. Well, it, it would have to not be bad. It would have to not be terrible for me. I mean, I ate food that's bad for me now. So if it tasted fantastic and it wasn't quite as good as a beef burger, I might have one. Uh, yeah, see, you're, uh, you're, you're just playing into their hands. You know, I drink beer. Beer's not as good for me as water, but it tastes a lot nicer. I'm not going to stop having beer. It's exactly the same. Yeah, but they want you to... Right, they're not trying to push beer because they're trying to remove water. They, they don't want you eating meat. I'm still going to have my, more than my fair share of meat. Are you? If, yeah. they're, if, if you keep buying their insect burgers? The ima- the don't, ima- you can't, you can't the do this. The meat you and I eat. I, I probably eat enough meat for two or three people. You probably eat enough for four people because that's all you eat. So if I cut down and I'm suddenly only eating enough meat for two and a half people, I'm not going to feel that bad about having something that's delicious. I'm, I'm, it's a stupid point because it's going to taste I'm revolting. Saying, sorry? <laughs> it's a stupid point because it's going to taste revolting, isn't it? But all I'm saying is I, I would eat... Well, and then there's fake meat. There's lab-grown meat. That's another one that you're going to see arise. Yeah, but that's, I don't think that's good for you. You've seen of course, the, of course seen the number it's not. of additives and stuff in it. Of course it's not. It's just, and, and, and this is where I find the, um, the vegan thing fascinating. Uh, before, before the last couple of years, before, before even kind of 
ascertaining that actually veganism is a political movement, you know, as much as, as all these others are. Um, and before carnivorism, for me, um, I looked at I looked at food. I looked at all food as as you know different amounts of nutrition, different tastes, and yes, I should be trying to reach for all of these different categories, but specifically to try and love those ingredients for what they are. Okay, and that that to me, a, a vegan that you know chews on a carrot because I like carrots. Yeah, that's that's what it should be with ingredients, I think. Uh, and obviously, you can put these things together. But the stuff that is now packaged, and I know there is a difference before anyone pulls me up on the difference between plant-based and vegan. I don't know the difference. Let's come to that in a moment. But the plant-based foods that are now in the supermarkets are the most processed mush. and Anti-nutritious, is there is that a term? Un, unnutritious Probably. mush that is full of preservatives and and chemicals and and just just horrible stuff and it's designed to to look and and feel and taste like is it meat. not vegan because they've got some additives or something that are from animals is that is that the thing no Ve- veganism uh, being a vegan is <laughs> if you ask a person on twitter <laughs> is about your entire lifestyle being about not just what you eat your entire lifestyle about being not having anything that you know that I get that but what's the whereas, difference whereas having a plant based diet is having a plant based diet you can still wear, the, you wear your leather shoes but is there a difference between plant based food and vegan food um, no a, ve- a, a vegan can eat plant based food right okay, but that's... someone who's just on a plant based diet is not a vegan is what a vegan would say right yeah but they're like cyclists <laughs> Aren't they? <laughs> Am I going to have to not define myself as a cyclist now? Oh yeah, that's like it's like calling yourself a scientist these days. <sighs> this is the problem, isn't it? Is it is it is it just Jeremy Vine that's giving everyone a bad name? No, cyclists have been awful for years. Have they? Well, the, the, okay, so it's not 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 just everyday cyclists people who ride bikes in London. Are you talking about cyclists on 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 country roads who are out in packs, you know, doing eighty miles a day? Or are you talking about the cyclists? That think it's, think they own the road to get to work. Are they on social media? That's the defining. Thing. Are they on social media? Do they have their helmet on and a mask? And are they co- are they completely in lycra on their profile pictures of Facebook or maybe, Twitter? Maybe yellow and blue lycra. Probably. Yeah. Right. So this is you're you're countering them in, in countering them the same way as a vegan, as in someone who just has to shout about okay, how much. They're so cycled. it's like it's like leftist, Islamist, cyclist. <laughs> They're the extreme <laughs> cyclers, okay? They're the extremists. It's these so people. I'm a cycler. You're a cycler, yeah, I'm like not me. a cyclist. <laughs> That's what I think. So I, I, I love riding my bike, um, but I would never call, never dream of calling myself a cyclist. Oh, there was a point where I had my my like um, profile I pictures know, on Twitter. I was, I was wearing a cycle helmet. I know, and I'm thinking, oh, do I? Why tell didn't you? Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> this we, 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 we've had. Pictures of the two of us on our bikes together. Well, that's fine, but we're not like it's not like profile photos. I mean, I wasn't sure if you were trolling at that point because I know you like a bit of a troll, like oh, I, I do. And I'm thinking, is he just trying to lull them, <laughs> gain the cyclist vote into, into thinking that he's one of these, and then he's going to, you know, right. chop them off at the knees? I mean, obviously, I've, I don't. I've never had the experience that you that you have on on social media, so I'm I'm yeah. I'm still a relative. And and cyclists in 
people who write, even cyclers right. in London are, are awful. I, I imagine. Is it? But is this Venn diagram stuff? Is it that it happens to be that the ones who like to post their profile picture of them in their lycra and and say hash cyclist or whatever in their uh, in their bio also happen to be FBPE mask wearing vegans? Is that is that basically there? There are, there are probably overlaps to the Venn diagram. Yeah, for sure. Big overlaps. Yeah, I'm, I'm and so you saying. might naturally look at anyone who's pro cycling or cyclist, and and assume that they also hold all of these other horrible. You only leftist have to views. read their tweets and just read how obnoxious they are about. I'm just saying, are you stereotyping? And no, no, I don't think so. So if they if they like to talk about it all the time, if they're mouthy about it, so is this right? Is this a self entitlement thing? Yeah, I'm sure that's part of it for sure. Yeah. 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 I, I'm just trying to psychoanalyze the cyclist now. <laughs> but when I'm, and that's obviously that's completely different from uh, the other extremists that you've that you've mentioned. But it certainly aligns with the whingy moaning leftist. Yeah, and it's a bit type. it's a it's a bit look at me as well, isn't it? So yeah. look at me in my profile photo, I'm psycho. And and why and most of these people, why do they why do you dress in lycra? Is it gonna make any difference at all? Well, so I mean my, my brother in law uh, he he breaks records in yes. cycling, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he yeah. weighs about six stone. So you know, for him, it's it's it makes complete sense. Yeah. For these people who are like middle aged and, and this is probably thirteen or fourteen stone, if you want to make yourself quicker, cycle more <laughs> and shut up about it. Get off of Twitter. Get off of Facebook. Lose a bit of weight, and that will make you quicker. I've known guys. I've been working with guys, and they'll be they're talking about. Oh yeah, I've got a new crank for my bike. It's an extra ten grams lighter. I'm like, look at you. You. you could just go to the bathroom and lose a <laughs> half a stone. Why are you talking about losing ten grams on your crank for? You just spent one hundred and fifty quid on nothing. Just. Go and burn some more calories and shut up. They wind me up. I can't. <laughs> that, that, was a, that was a fantastic rant, and I'm glad to enable it for you. Yeah, God, cyclists. And again, most most people who ride bikes are not like this at all. It's the it's the people who it's the extreme. The cyclists. They're the they're the ones you've got to you've got to watch what can out I, for. What can I call my brother-in-law? Um, I mean, he's a racer. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. Not a racist. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem I mean, with words. Yeah, so there, there has to be. I mean, he. So I, I guess maybe competitive. I mean, he competes probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is the point, and so he's, he's he's either always training or he's competing, and as you say, and winning, yeah. winning, 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 left, right, and centre. Yeah, so that's you know it makes complete sense to him to 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 you know to to to, to you know to dress in lycra to have the extra the extra light bike because for him he shaves his legs. That, yeah, but that's um, that's because they're constantly getting like lotions and stuff and massages and stuff. If you go on one of these like really long bike rides, your legs will seize up, so you need to right. get and it's it's okay. Yeah, so it's it's so it's easier to get. Um, Get kind of massage and I mean, stuff his, afterwards. His his body. Well, that's has... what a cyclist told me. Oh, yeah, and this, this, yeah, this, this right. is the guy I went to college with. Who again? Who used to? He was like used to compete at a national level, and, yeah. and he had the most unbelievable physique you'd ever see. So his upper body, like his arms were like pipe cleaners, and there was literally no weight to him at all. But yeah. he had legs almost like a bodybuilder. Yeah, for not, just looks so out of proportion. And um, well, this is it. Um, yeah. Well, uh, my brother-in-law, his his body has, has completely changed in mm-hmm. the last um, 
well, it must be six, seven years that he's been uh, he's been doing that now. Um, and as you say, it's all it's all it's all the other way around. He's, he's, yeah, because most people he can turn people sideways is, now and disappear. Most people, you know, we go to the you go to the gym, probably skip leg day. Yeah. Um, so you see them with like big biceps, big chest, and yeah, scrawny yeah. legs. Cy- you know, it's just competitive the cyclists are the, the, the complete opposite. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas I can, I can, you know, still pick up my children and throw them up in the air. Mm. He can't. <laughs> can't even come close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't know what to. I don't know what to call these people. Well, what other? So what other extremists? We, we've talked about the extremists on the abortion lobby. Um, extremists, cyclists, extremists. I mean, look. I know I could be classed as an extremist with my diet because I am the complete opposite of a vegan, and I, I am. I am pretty sure that there is a rise of interest in in oh, carnivorism. Of course, there is. Since I mean, it exploded to, since Jordan Peterson, you know, because think of how many millions of people follow him, and he's like all I eat is. Beef. He is. I mean, he is definitely an influence. He, his his dietary choices were definitely an influence on me, mm. if only to go. Well, he's doing it. Yeah, just someone high profile enough to go. Well, he he's still alive. <laughs> How bad can it be? Um, there are obviously plenty, plenty of others when you actually start start mm. looking and start and start following people. But um, it, it's not something. Had you ever heard of someone on the carnivore diet five years ago, or even three years ago? Other than, well, I suppose Jordan Peterson, you might have learned about maybe three years ago, but. Had you ever heard of the carnival? When when did you first hear? Uh, yeah, I've I've heard of it, but it was always I'm thinking, oh really? You know, yeah. I mean, and, and you hear more of people on like paleo and keto diets and that kind certainly, of stuff, and those. certainly cutting down. And lots of people were having just meat and greens, which I've done. Yes. Um, uh, kind of know. an Atkins type. Yeah, similar, similar. Yeah, um, um, and. You know, I've heard, heard a lot of people doing that, but then the actual kind of extremes, I was like a little bit sceptical because, I, I mean, I, I just, you know, it sounds like you need more, doesn't it? You know, that you that the, the, totally. Um, but I, it, it's so it's so interesting the way I, it has been completely life changing for me, and I know that I had medical problems in the first place, which is why. Not, not to the not to the degree of someone like Jordan Peterson with you know massive autoimmune problems. Mm. Um, oh, his uh, daughter Michaela, she had uh, huge. She couldn't get out of bed, could she? Yeah, and she, and she things like so. She had, I think she had her ankle replaced as a teenager because yeah. it was just like falling apart, and she had yeah. all sorts of autoimmune stuff. She goes on it, and yeah, fine. You know, it's uh, turned her around. And I think you know, some of the some of the stuff with me is is probably still in that category of autoimmune, but. As I say, no, no one here is bad. But um, so, as long as I control my diet in that way, then as then, long as you can control, you can control your diet. As long as I control my diet. Oh right! It sounded like as long as I can troll my <laughs> diet. <laughs> no, you troll my diet. <laughs> I control <laughs> my diet. <laughs> Uh, then, uh, then all of my symptoms uh, disappear. Um, but my body has completely changed. My energy levels are completely different. It has also sent me on this course of looking at what ingredients are in things, of, of cooking, cooking things from scratch, of, of 
of looking at the purity of everything that goes in in, in my body now you know mm. this is this is you know not drinking the water this is this is uh, you know, we talked before this podcast i mean we're getting in the sun and not you know not using sun cream because i think it's poison i've gone in a completely different direction now um that is would probably have been described by people like me as hippie in previous years and that's kind of where I am now but but I say I I I feel fantastic I am in better shape with not a lot of exercise more exercise that's than that's what we need to change we need to get you back in the gym right and so lifting weights now that you've had the hernia operation and you it's not like it's not that I I was I've obviously I've converted my my garage into a uh, into a into an area to do workouts and stuff I don't have the gym equipment that you've got um, but I was doing calisthenics and um, uh, every day every day without without fail um, the only reason I've stopped is with my wife with her oh, knee sure I, I but when, I'm on pause I when, am on pause you need, and I am I'm itching itching to get to get but back we need again. you to do proper weights as well the calisthenics or whatever body weight is, stuff is, is good. good as well, but you need to yeah. you need to learn to pick things up. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But yeah, I we'll get myself we'll get, up now for we'll the first get, time. <laughs> you know, we'll get you doing we'll get you doing the basics. So yeah, back to bench press again. Yeah, doing some squats, some deadlifts. Yeah, you know, perhaps some shoulder presses. Don't need to do much, but you know, just to to, to strengthen because that so, will strengthen totally. your bones more well, than and, other stuff and no, your tendons I, and ligaments and I, joints and absolutely, muscles. absolutely. And because you've never done it. You'll be. You won't have all the all the issues that I have because I've been lifting weights for twenty five years and all the little niggles and stuff. You'll be absolutely fine. Well, see that. I mean, that is the danger with starting these things in your forties, though. Isn't no, it? it's great starting in your in in um, when you're that age. Really? Yeah, because you don't have the issues. Yeah, I but think, surely I the think... injuries. The, the the chance of injury is higher because you don't have the bone density. You don't have the you know, people just go straight into it and hurt themselves. No, but it's, it, you can't do it. What do you mean? Well, so if you're if you're if you're trying to lift too much weight, you just won't push it. Yeah. So you can't. It's impossible for you to. So if you're going like trying to pick up a deadlift and it's too heavy, you just won't lift it off the ground. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I think there's probably more people who decide in their forties to start running and damage their knee. That's riskier. That is far riskier than the safe exercises that we'll be doing. So, I've been out for a couple of runs. Have you? Yeah. And I, I never, I never thought I would be that person. Where, that, so the one thing I've been able to try and try and fit in somewhere into my day, and I and I do it when I drop off the kids, is I then try and go around the country park. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. Um, so I try and get a walk in. Get 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 the sun in. Clear my head. It's as much for my mental health as it is for anything. Is start the day with a walk outside, and obviously the weather at the moment is you know is pretty good. Um, and and there are moments I can't quite describe it other than to say I find myself running. Where in my head I'm going, you should run this bit, and then and the, and then there's, the, it's it's a proper little thing of the two, the the angel and the demon on your shoulders. Okay, okay. What the hell are you talking about? Running, <laughs> running. What are you talking about? And then suddenly it's like, what, 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 what's happening? My legs are moving. It's it's the weirdest, weirdest thing. I have wanted to run, yeah. and so I running's great. I mean, I can't, I've been out on quite a few jogs. Yeah, I can't. I can't run for that long. 
Um, no, no, not not tonight. And I'm doing. I mean, I'm doing. I'm doing fartlek. Basically, I am. Oh, yeah, I'm running and walking and running. Well, and walking yeah, and running so and it's it's just a, like a niggling knee issue that I I can squat all day. <laughs> I can deadlift. And I'm fine, but running. And I think it could be. I need to get some good trainers. I need to get some proper running trainers if I'm going to do this. Yeah. So I I, I run in uh, the kind of Vibram kind of like barefoot runner things with like no, oh, nothing at all nice so you're not landing on your heels because yeah. that's bad so and and that so you have to completely change the way you run completely so you land on the interesting on the balls um of your feet of your feet yeah <laughs> not that you don't land on your balls um as opposed to landing on your heels um because if you get if you get running right. trainers and they've got cushion the tendency is to is to, to land oh, on, oh, on oh, your heel, and you don't feel it because you've got all this lovely yeah, cushioning, but it's still jolting your Not hips good for and your you. knees. Whereas when you land properly, your muscles take all the impact, and that's certainly better doing that. But I still get, and I think it's probably just it's probably twenty years of playing. Is this just and calves and stuff that you get tightness in and stuff if you're running? Or is it, um, is it no, I think it's it my I think it's caused by by my it band down the down the side of my right, thigh, okay. but it causes my knee. To ache, my right knee to ache a lot. Yeah. And after a so like the first mile, I feel a little bit rough, regardless, because I'm just you know my joints take a while to warm yeah, up. Yeah, sure. Um, second mile, it's like oh, this feels fantastic. You know, after about five minutes or whatever, um, maybe not quite into the second mile. Um, but then after that, you know, when it get you know after after been running for about ten minutes or so, it starts. I get to the point where it's like this just 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 hurts. It just like that. Yeah, it just goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have to kind of walk after after that point, but I yeah. do I do love it. I've never I've never run, never 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 ever. So this is again these strange things happening to me. Mm. I enjoy running more in the winter because I get I get really hot. Um, right. Okay. Yes. If, I, if I'm running and it's like five degrees and under, after about five minutes, I am the perfect temperature. <laughs> absolutely, per- absolutely perfect. Yeah. Seriously, um, <laughs> under ten degrees, not too bad. But honestly, about you know. About five degrees is is, is perfect. Um, I've been doing summer running. Yes, that's too hot for me. You know, it's it's just walking. Embrace the, the sweat. Is, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Um, whereas if it's like five degrees, you know, the first mile is quite cool, but then after that, it's like, yeah, oh, this is this just yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, but I remember going. It's like when I, I'm going for walks with brother number three. Yeah. And there are pictures of us going for walks like around Christmas, and he's wrapped up in like <laughs> jeans. Walking boots, <laughs> scarf, gloves, hat, and I'm in a shorts and t-shirt because if I just walk, and it was probably it was probably under probably between five and ten degrees when we went out. But again, after a few minutes of just walking, I'm like, it's a bit warm, isn't it? So I don't. So this is. I think I just run hot. So I um, in the in certainly in the in the in the cooler months, um, I I have a real problem with cold hands. Yeah, he does as well. I know they he never does. get warm. Yeah, um, mine are constantly hot. Yeah, it's not. It's not the rest of me that's a problem. It's a circulation. It's ju- isn't it? Yeah, and you see, I. The interesting thing about about carnivore is these is these other um, these other benefits that that are, that I've seen, and I was hoping that that would be one of them. I was hoping that I would mysteriously cure the circulatory issue with with heating my hands. I, that hasn't. Happened. I think, so I don't think it must. I don't think it's inflammation. No, I think it's physical activity. That for me has done it. I've been active my entire life. I've right. always lifted weights. I've always played volleyball or done yeah. other sports, and I think that just gets the blood flowing. Yeah. So although I've got a few niggling injuries, as anyone in their mid forties who lifted weights for donkey's years has, yeah, I think on balance, 
I'm I'm better for it. So potentially, if I keep my activity levels up and and continue to to exercise, well, I think you, I think again, I think change. lifting weights. I think you really need to kind of get the blood flowing, right? As in, like get a get a bit of a pump. Um, so do some do some arm workouts. So, so it might be that my uh, that my blood vessels need a workout. Yeah, in my lower possibly. lower arms. <laughs> do some do some hammer curls for your for your forearms. Yeah, um, and some grip some grip stuff. You'll do some farmer's walks. Where yeah, we'll, we'll get my hex bar and we'll load it up with weight, and you're just going to kind of carry it as far as you can before you drop it. Yeah, that kind of thing. That might that might do you good. I'm sure I'm sure it would. But honestly, you want a few few people who who have uh, you know started lifting weights in their forties. They, they don't have any of them. It's just, it's just like because you, you remember thinking, is this going to be, you know, they're going to have all the niggles that, that you know that, that I have and older people have, but no, it's like they're in the twenties. So what you're saying is I've I've timed this perfectly. Um, it's probably the second best time. <laughs> I, I think I think now is always the now is always the right time to to do it. But yeah. you're certainly not too old, and if you haven't done it, it wasn't. I was literally just concerned will, about. Um, whether or not the the rate of injury was going to, be, I mean, I'm not saying that the rate of injury at 60 isn't going to be higher, but that this is the point where injury starts. Creeping. No, it doesn't. It doesn't appear to not not on the types of exercises I'm talking about. If you're going right. doing, if you've never done any exercise in your life, and you decide you're going to go and play squash, Oof. and you're running around a squash court, then you're going to die. Then <laughs> there's a reason that that's one of the most dangerous sports because of heart attacks. And, and if you've taken and if you've taken a vaccine. Then you don't want to be anywhere near the squash court or anything that's going to raise your heart rate at all, or anywhere else. Yeah. Um, but you know, aside from that, and there are things like if you like like sprinting, for example, I probably wouldn't advise you go sprinting just yet because it's easy to. So I did. That's again. That's going to be easy for you to pull, pull muscles and stuff. I did pull my hamstring. Yeah. Um, because it was the kids' sports day last week. Oh yeah, I saw I saw the video. So obviously, I did the dad race. I didn't disgrace myself. I was kind of middle of the pack. Yeah, you need leg speed. You've got you've got a long you've got a long yeah. stride. But oh, it's legs the small are, ones. You, the win. Your legs are slow. Yeah, yeah. Just need to felt like I was going up. fast. It took me a while to stop. They had to all get out of the way at the end. I nearly ran into the bush because <laughs> it takes a while to slow down. Yeah. Um, I saw. Yeah, I, I didn't. Well, I imagine. Didn't I, yeah, and, and most people were probably slowing down because they'd, they'd you know they'd, they'd kind of pull their effort in. Slowly, I, I reckon. Was, I reckon. I reckon probably, if you doubled the distance, you were at your fastest. At the, that's what I was about yeah. to say. I reckon. If, I reckon if you doubled because it, it wasn't. It wasn't even 100 meters. Yeah. It was maybe 60, 80, 60 meters. I think they said. Right. Um, I reckoned if you if you if you doubled the distance, then I would have I would have crept past people. Well, my my best my best race used to be the 200 meters because it would because right. it would take me slightly longer than most people to get going. Yeah. But then I could just keep it up for another 100 meters, and I would rocket past them. Yeah. All the all the guys who would beat me at to 100 yards I'd go flying past them in the next 100 yeah um, so yeah I took a little bit to, to get going as well I um, did have to I did have to ice my hammies yeah after that but like deadlifts and squats and stuff again and again we'll be starting off with, with low weight because that's all you'll be sure. able to take and, sure. and you won't be able to do anymore and, and you'll be you know again if you do it properly you'll be, you'll be absolutely fine I'm interested fine. In, in what I can push after because I've obviously been doing a lot of press ups that's, that's been part of my, my routine um, so I'm interested to see whether or not um, I can at least pick up where I left off. I, th- I think there's a reasonable chance because yeah. what were you benching? Something like 40 kilos, 35, 40 yeah. kilos. So yeah, if you're doing a press up, that's yeah. got to be about that. I would have thought yeah. the amount of weight on your arms. So yeah. 
Yeah, I think you'd probably you'd be in the ballpark anyway. And it, even then, it only took you like three weeks from nothing to get there. So even yeah. if it, you, even if you're back to scratch, it'll only take you three weeks to get there. Um, but yeah, we need to we need to get you you know yeah properly using you because it, it it strengthens your bones, your tendons, your ligaments, or your joints. Well, I mean, it's your blood I mean, flowing. It's amazing. I'm in the, I'm in the mode of uh, just being just being the, the most healthy I can possibly be. Yeah, and that is that is my diet. It is. It is my way of life. It is. It is. As I say, I've become that hippie person. Uh, that is. Uh, not, it's not my body, my choice. My body is a temple. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it kind of is your body, your choice as well, isn't it? I mean, it is, bo- I'm just body, body autonomy is is important. Hell yeah. Um, you know, it's just the the as you know, just move. Going full circle, yeah. It's both sides, you know. When the, when the left abandoned it for two years, they were idiots, and now the right are abandoning it. They're idiots. Yeah, it's um, yeah, and it's not gonna. I don't know. I don't think it will. I I can see, I can see it backfiring on the right and saying, well, you know, you were happy with not having body autonomy. Vaccine mandates are back, or back on the table. Yeah. It's not outside the realm's possibility. Oh, okay, well, Mo- you know, Germany monkeypox vaccine. Germany, there's the monkeypox vaccine. People have been queuing up for that. Um, Germany are talking about masks over the winter months again. Have you mm. seen that? Okay, Germany. Have you seen their? Um, the, you know, they've been doing charts about the number of births. births. Germany and Switzerland. I've seen a few. Uh, there was one. So Germany is something. So yeah, describe what you've seen. So there are uh, there, there are charts. Obviously, every year they kind of work out the you know, the number of, uh, of births and stuff. And there's there's a standard deviation, okay. Which and just to, to explain to a layperson what standard deviation is, to give you an example, the average height of a human. Can you get some more water while mm. I explain this? Thank you. Sure. Um, the average height of a human being in uh, Britain and America is about five foot ten. An average male. Um, now, a standard deviation, which is, if you look at the bell curve, it's about 34% either way. Uh, a standard deviation is about three inches. Um, so if you're six foot one, thank you, sir, you're about a standard deviation taller, if you're five foot seven, you're about one standard deviation. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, the other side's shorter. Yep. Um, Germany's figures are nine standard deviations different. So that's, someone described it as. You're talking about the birth rate now? The birth rate, yeah, sorry. G- Germany's birth rate is nine, nine sigma difference, nine standard deviation difference. Wow. And that's the, that's like being eight foot one. Yeah, it's that. It's apparently someone described it as rolling a double six on a dice, eleven times in a row. Yeah, it's incredible. I saw another country that was worth. It was something like it was a highly vaccinated country, um, and they were like twenty three sigma difference, now, which is unbelievable. When, now, when you look at the um, look at the data, it it isn't related. Specific, the timing isn't related specifically to um, March 2020, or you know, no, it's so nine months, months after, after people under 35 get vaccinated. Yes, yes, and it just is. There's no, no other way of looking at that data, is there? 
because um, people try and explain it away. People try and explain everything. Oh, yeah, away. people are saying, "Oh, yeah, people are more depressed now." They're, yeah, we were having lockdowns. Obviously, that was affecting. We had more lockdowns in twenty twenty. There was no rise nine months after that. No, exactly. there was no fall, should I say? There was no change. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, no. I, 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 again, so with, within within a standard deviation. So you know, yes. it, it's 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 you know, it's nothing to write home about. You yeah. always it always goes up and down. Yeah, it's never going to yeah. be a completely straight line. Yeah. In fact, I think. Um, uh, births have been dropping in European countries ever slowly, so, sl- ever yeah, so slightly, yeah, not yeah, a lot, but ever so slowly. Yeah. But this is off a cliff, absolutely off a cliff. Yeah. Um, and if it was anything else, you would be extremely worried. So, and I think depopulation. There are, I, I think there are lots of. I, I think it's a multi-buried issue. Mm. So, um, obviously, obviously, there are, the depopulationists are very happy as a result. Well, the, 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 just 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 to spend a little bit more time on it there are issues with you know miscarriages and you know mothers losing the baby and that kind of stuff but also lots of fertility lots of men are becoming sterile yeah um you know i've seen people say yeah i've had a couple of friends who are trying we're trying to have kids um uh, were vaccinated you know had sterility tests and they're sterile i've been vaccinated so i tested myself just on the off chance and i'm sterile that's just crazy and it's yeah it's um, so how many how many more men who aren't trying to have kids yes have these issues yeah I mean I'd like to say I'm beyond shocked now uh, when when I hear these when I hear these findings I mean you know I'm part of that cohort saying I told you so you know uh, and you know m- managed to convince as many people as I knew not to not to t- I I don't even know even you know, to use the word take to take these things. I mean, it 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 was voluntary in a sense. Okay, these people walked up to the vaccination centre um, because they thought they were doing something that was, oh yes, what are the words? Safe and effective. Um, swallowed the narrative. How, how many? Uh, how many different? Um, Things going yeah, swallow the narrative hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> um, but it's it. I suppose my thoughts about this are: this isn't the first time we've seen a what would Brett Weinstein a strong signal in the data, okay, relating to something negative around the vaccines. I mean, this is but this is beyond a strong signal if it was if it was two sigma difference if it was two standard deviations it would still be a yeah i agree be, i agree you know that 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 you know the two that, that's like someone being six foot four someone who's six foot four is tall yes but you can say the same things about the rise of 10 year olds um uh 12 12 year old boys with heart conditions now okay but it hasn't really made a difference they still push them there's no backtracking there's no Oh my God, we did something terrible. Sure, but that's that was is what I would call beyond a strong signal as well. Yes. So uh, if if the so something like myocard- myocarditis, yeah, okay, um, has increased. So the the chance of getting myocarditis as a kid, by their own figures, which are probably massaged, it's something like, is it like eighty out of a thousand or something? Um, this I, I think I, I imagine it's a lot more than that. Yes, but it, it will be by their own. By their own massage figures yeah. and cookbooks, it's something like eighty in a thousand. Yeah. Um, before that, the figures were like two in a thousand. Yeah. So it's increased by forty, 40 times. times. Yeah. So if that if that doubled, 
to yeah. me that would be a strong signal. Forty yes. times is beyond. Yes. There needs to be some other way, some other descriptor. But my point is, it's just another thing on the list for us to yeah. go. Yeah, we knew we knew they were bad. So this leads me to a, a, a prediction that I don't really like, but I think we are. Are you, are you blackpilling me now? Not not for us, but I think I think there's going to be a massive, massive mental health crisis soon. And I'm not just talking about so the effects of lockdowns. Government, right? Okay, yeah. I'm yeah. talking because you know we've, we're seeing that already. Yes, um, and there's been. You it's know, affected be- my kids because of yeah, for sure, and and because of uh, and even things like Facebook and Twitter and social media. You know, they're they're influencing certainly in like vulnerable people, like teenage girls. Teenage girls, the amount of depression yeah. um, since like 2011, 2012 has just skyrocketed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not I'm not necessarily talking about that. I'm talking about people. The amount of cognitive dis- dissonance and mental gymnastics you have to go through just to convince yourself that the vaccines are safe. Ukraine is a, a bastion of democracy. <laughs> um, you know, trans women are identical to women. Um, you can be fit and healthy and be 30 stone. You know, there are all these things that, that, that in order to stay high status, lies, yeah, outright lies that you have to tell yourself. And you can get away with telling yourself the old, the old white lie. Yeah, I can have that. I can have that insect burger and it won't do me too much harm. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, and you can get away with it. And I'd probably, if, I, if I did that, I'd probably find, yeah, that beer won't do any harm. That'll be all right. It's, it's, probably, you know, it's probably good for you. There's some you know, hops in it. They're good for, you, know, you can tell yourself these things and you'll be fine. If you're constantly lying to yourself it's um, bad for to, you. the, to the point where all, all the evidence suggests otherwise and people are still shouting about how much of a success the vaccines are and, and so how amazing yeah and all that kind of if you do that for any period of time there's going to be percentages of the population who suddenly not going to be able to take it anymore and they're going to be having breakdowns and meltdowns and it's going to be catastrophic it probably it probably won't be for a couple of years or so but i think it's coming yeah you know it's probably not too late for some people to realize and think holy shit, I was massively taken in and I've probably known I was taken in for six months but it's taken me this long to admit it. Yeah. <sighs> isn't, isn't, yeah. isn't that a relief? But you go on I think, so long and... I, I think it's going to take longer than we want it to take and I think that that's because to come to the realisation that it, it, it wasn't just all bad but that they knew it was bad. And I, I think that you have to, you have to accept those two things at the same time. It's, it's going to trigger such a societal upheaval if people lose trust in the system that I think they'll cling onto it for a long time to come. That's my fear. Yeah, but which is why I think they might break down before it gets to that stage. Yes. How that manifests itself, I don't. I have I no don't idea. Know. No, nobody's never seen the like, have they? I don't no. think. No. Um, so I, I have actually been listening to a bit more um, of the Dark Horse podcast. Uh, this is Brett Weinstein and, and his wife Heather Hying. Uh I, I run hot and cold a bit, bit with them. I can only take so much of the way that they. 
the signal to noise ratio isn't amazing, but when they're on when it, when they're great, they they're are great. amazing. Uh, Brett came over here and did yes, he a did. conference or something, uh, some event, and he interviewed a load of people. And so they've been releasing um, his interviews with people over the last couple of weeks. I think I mentioned this before, the, I'd listened to the one with Neil Oliver. Yeah, I've, I've Have begun, you, I haven't listened to all of that yet. I've listened to part of that. It's very good. Isn't it? They're both very good on it. They're just, it's it's just like listening to your mates having a chat, isn't it? They're just You're really nice, mate. really pleasant, um, yeah, yeah. eloquent. That, and that, I, Neil Oliver is in, that, is in that category, as you say, eloquence of, of, of exceedingly articulate people. The people that you want to be like when you speak. Um, and what, so he's not, he's not amazingly fast. He pauses, no, but he would rather pause and not say anything for a couple of seconds, and gather right. his thoughts and get it right. Um, absolutely, uh, and and he's very much the you know the non scientist. Okay, so that that was an interesting conversation because he's much more layman. Um, mm. Well, he was uh, talking about his like gut feelings and, and totally. how it, you know that something feeling must be wrong. it is in amygdala. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's something just about the way he says amygdala as well with his accent. But I've also been listening to some of the others, and so um, he interviewed one of one of the first Dark Horse podcasts I listened to was with Robert Malone. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I dipped in the other. I'd never really managed to listen to any more than probably ten or fifteen minutes, and then was it was it him and Steve Kirsch at the same time, or was it? Um, I don't Pierre think I've Corey. To that one. Oh, the one with the the one. There's one with Pierre Corey. Well, in fact, there's a couple. Um, I think there's one. Is there one with Pierre Corey, Robert Malone, and somebody else? There's yeah. always like him and three others. Anyway, really that, good. That was that was the moment that I got into the Dark Horse podcast in a, in a big way, and it revealed people like Steve Kirsch and Robert Malone. Uh, obviously, these people subsequently were on um, Rogan mm. at least once um, as well. Um, but this is the first time he's talked to Robert Malone since since, or rather, done a podcast with him since then. So they have a really good catch up. You know, this is this is a doctor. This is someone. You know. I don't want to invoke expertism, uh, but a proper expert, not just somebody. What we would call yeah. a proper expert, you know, inventor of the mRNA technology in the first place. Anyway, so that I recommend listening to that as well. And then the most recent one I've listened to is with um, uh, Gert Vandenbosch. Have you? Have you? No, have I've heard you. That? Heard you mention. But. So. so um, I'm going to have to go and listen to that one again. Okay, that is technical, right? This guy is a vaccinologist and a virologist. Yeah. There's a lot of tech speak in there. And so you've got to be attentive. I need to go back and listen to it again. Um, there's, but there's some absolutely fascinating stuff. Because he made various predictions about what would happen if you vaccinate during a pandemic. And if you vaccinate with something that doesn't work very well during a pandemic okay uh, and while this stuff is, is still circulating and well, I, I basically it was, it's all come to pass wasn't it him who was warning that by doing this we're going to encourage variants and then look what happened yeah. variants exactly he gets into the real specifics of why that's the case um, what he also goes into and this is the first time I've heard this explained properly and I'll try and summarise it here but I do recommend people go and listen to this and it is dense but I recommend you listen to it, even if you just you know you, you you're tuning in every few minutes and, um, and and picking things up. 
but he talks about what ultimately gets defined as antibody-dependent enhancement, something that you know I've been talking about since before mm. before they were even released. Because that was one of the things that was potentially going to happen. It was one of the things that happened Didn't with the all monkeys. Didn't the monkeys get it in all the other previous... And they all died. Yeah. Okay. It made... It, 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 they didn't... Let me start again. They survived having the vaccine. Vaccine in air quotes. But then as soon as they encountered the live virus, uh, it made it worse and they died. And that was what I was thinking was going to happen. Now... Whether it's because of the advent of milder strains of, of, of Delta than Omicron um, or, or, or what, as in why hasn't there been more death is, is, is what I'm kind of saying. But what he describes is uh, these non-neutralizing antibodies. Now, let's put aside the fact that we shouldn't just be looking at antibodies and measuring antibodies as a, you know, as a number, um, as a as a way of defining whether or not you are effective at fighting off this particular well, it's pathogen. Well, it's just a part of it, isn't it? If one, one part of your immune response is, is, is antibodies. And there are different types of antibodies. But if you, if you are creating non-sterilizing antibodies, non-neutralizing antibodies, which is by definition what the vaccines, vaccines are doing... <laughs> Um, because you can still get it and you can still pass it on. Yep. Then what you are doing is you are taking this spike protein. So the, the, uh, Bill, Bill Gates was there in 2020 saying, of course, we need vaccines for the spike protein because it's the spike protein that attaches its, it, that allows it to get into your cells. It allows it to, to, to infect your other, your other cells. The spike protein, for, for want of a better term, has an on and an off. It has open and closed. It has, I can get in your cell, I can't get in your cell. Yeah, it's got two modes. Except when the non-neutralizing antibodies come along, they basically attach and force it into an open, a permanently open position. So when you're surging with all of these antibodies generated by this gene therapy, and you encounter the virus, every time you encounter these virus particles your non-neutralizing antibodies stick to them all and guarantee infection and guarantee that you are going to then get it again it is why, is that why people are getting, people are getting it, it again, again, again and again and right. again and again it's why we used to joke about we used to say you can't get it, you won't get it again you won't get it again but that's changed since vaccination and now the vaccinated are getting it again and again and again, and they will continue to, I think, potentially forever. Mm, because sure. and other things apparently as well. And that's aside from the other immune problems that it mm. gives you, and and you know that's aside from, and, and and we're talking about the there's there's the mRNA itself and what it does and the fact that it doesn't break down in the body like they said it would. There's the um, there's the uh, is it PEG that P polyethylene glycol or whatever that's in uh, that's one of the uh, one of the substances that, that's in there as well and there's the lipid nanoparticles well, themselves that, that which does... cross the blood brain barrier and go to the liver and go well, to the ovaries and... apparently it is it's it's designed to yes 
So if you've got yeah. if you've got someone with a brain issue and you need you need to get medication into the brain yep. through the blood brain barrier, you specifically use lipid nanoparticles because they're yep. hard fatty tissues that can penetrate yep. that. Exactly, exactly um, right. So the other thing isn't that isn't that is that the the, the um, wasn't that found in like mother's milk and stuff? Oh yeah, there? it's been passed on. There's been, it's, been sick babies. Yeah, right, they've died beyond yeah. sick. Babies have yeah. died. Yeah, um, and they have, knew about all this stuff. And the Pfizer documents show you, they knew about. All of it. Going back to podcasts, have you listened to the James Dellingpole Naomi Wolf podcast? Yes. I mean, it, it's she's she, right. I've I've stopped. it's quite harrowing. I had to listen to that in parts. I will be honest with you. I couldn't listen to it all in one. I listened to that on one of those walks around the lakes, and and there were points where I was in tears. I, yeah. I, I uh, wanted that, to jump in. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't nice. Naomi Wolf is fulfilling a fantastic role at the moment, coordinating the research mm. of all of these documents. Uh, you know that I liked to get into the data. I liked to get into these documents whether, wherever they were found. Obviously, the Pfizer document drops are huge. Thousands of documents have now been released and continue to be released every month. Um, and and rather than being someone who had to go and read you know, the 100 pages of some vaccine submission to the MHRA or whatever... There's now this whole team of, of people, and they are experts in their fields, being coordinated by by her uh, and and picking out this information. So I feel like I don't I don't have to do that anymore. I just mm. have to listen to the odd podcast. I follow her on on Getter and things because um, obviously she's banned from Twitter. To get has she these got, has bits she got of a stack. I don't know whether so she I'm does. I'm wondering she, um, whether that would be a good one to, con- to she probably did. I I have. So I'll, be, I'll be happy to to donate money for that. Totally. Absolutely. Totally. Um, well, she's got a book out. Buy a book. Right. Okay, she's got okay, a book okay. out. I've got. I've got a list. I've been, I've been waiting for payday. I've got a list of books. Um, hers is one of them. Um, I, wonder, I wonder if she's got the, the bodies of book. others. I wonder if she's got an audio book. Uh, maybe I know you like. I know you like an audio book. Well, yeah. Again, because if I'm on, if I'm on my bike or going on walks and stuff, um, yeah, I just great way of consuming. Listening to. Yeah, she, she's absolutely fantastic. Um, one other thing I've learned is um, that. So obviously there's all these horrific things as you said coming out of coming out of the Pfizer document drops. They knew all this stuff. Something else I've learned is that the CDC, okay, so this is the Centers for Disease Control in America, when when the vaccines first came out, they issued policy statements or whatever, um, saying how they would be analyzing uh, adverse events. Okay, and so there's the you've heard of the VAERS yeah. system. There's the yellow card system here in uh, in the UK. There's the UDRA vigilance or whatever it's called. There's the U, the the EU one as well, where people can report or medical professionals can report adverse events straight down the memory hole. Ex- exactly, uh, and even with the terrible way that that they are reported. Um, and how inaccurate they are. Again, there is a massively strong signal in the VAERS database and all the others showing, you know, there, there were, there more, were more side effects, more for, adverse for events than all other vaccines combined. Combined by ever. a country mile. Yeah, the, the graph is like. It's a hockey tick, stick. That is a like proper this. hockey stick, isn't it? It, it really is. Um, and, and that's with all the problems associated with the system in the first place. Um, so, what they said early on was that they would, and they, they came up with a way of measuring proportionally the difference between 
the adverse events of that and com- with, with comparing it to other vaccines, which is a dangerous thing to do because if you happen to have another vaccine that happens to have some bad adverse reactions and then you compare it proportionally with another one, then you might go, it's absolutely fine. But so if you're comparing something that was already bad, then that's obviously not a good way of doing it. Um, but that aside, what they said was we're going to every, I think it was every two weeks or as necessary, we will perform analysis on the adverse events and we will do data mining in order to um, to you know to to to, to get into the um, uh, the specifics. And this was right at the beginning. What they've now just said is, what they've now just released. They've said, yeah, we haven't done any of that. We haven't looked at all at the adverse events, and and they've only had da- eighteen months to do it. And data mining is not within the remit of the CDC. So they've not only said, we haven't done what we said we were going to do, but also we could never have done what we said we were going to do with a tool that we said we were going to use because we can't possibly use that tool and we don't use that tool. They are the only tools. It's just it, incredible. Well, it, and it's worse than that. And and again, I'll, I'll maybe leave you with one, one final point that um, I think it was in the... Uh, the Gert van den Bosch um, podcast, yeah, where um, where Brett Weinstein summed it up brilliantly, and it's and it has been really interesting watching people like him go through the journey down down the rabbit hole, go through the journey of 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 mistrusting the state institutions. Okay, because obviously we were already there, <laughs> we were already there a long time ago. Um, he's more of a lefty, so it's interesting seeing someone yeah. on a different political path and American and all it that. Because it reminds me a little bit of Dave Rubin. Yes, again from the left. Go- yes, you know he went yeah. through that a few years ago before we got to this stage, exactly. but he went through that exact going through that libertarian kind yeah. of kind of bent. Yeah. Um, so um, seeing seeing Britain had to go through it is is really fascinating. What what he talks about with as I said, well, I think it's with Gert is this this notion again of um, of uh, incompetence versus conspiracy, and I don't, I, that's a that's a false dichotomy because conspiracy isn't the other side of that, obviously, um, and and there's much more than just incompetence. Um, but everyone knows what I'm talking about when I say when I say that that pairing. Um, what he says is, if it was incompetence, then it wouldn't. It would be there would be a random element it to what be, is it happening. It wouldn't be that easy to predict, and it wouldn't be specifically the exact opposite of the best thing you could possibly do every <laughs> single time. Yeah. And, and and you're laughing because that is funny, but it's also tragic. Yeah, he's saying if you if you could go, that's the best thing you could do in this situation. For example, use repurposed drugs that happen to work. So what's the what's the complete worst thing you can do? Ban them. <laughs> yeah, it 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 doesn't matter where you look throughout this process. They always do the complete opposite of the best thing you can possibly do. There's only one explanation for that, and that is sinister in its intent. And I want to I want to wring certain people by the neck, and 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 and. I want to adopt coercion in order to make them listen to these people. And and go, go, just go down that thought process, please, and see that this is not just overzealous they're doing, leadership. They're doing, they're doing the and, mental gymnastics, and they so in their mind, banning ivermectin 
was a good thing because ivermectin is bad. I'm talking about the people that that just think this is all just a mistake. This is all just government incompetence. That there isn't. You can't ascribe this to oh, sinister to- intent. So, so Toby Young. Yeah. That that kind of people. Yeah. Listen, Toby's not listening to this. Listen to that podcast. Listen to Brett Weinstein talk to these people. How can you, how can you not come to that conclusion? Again, this is so. This is cognitive dissonance. He so he just wants to be part of the establishment, so he can't bring himself to to think that it's a bad thing. The the, the Daily Skeptic has taken uh, an interesting. Um, he would he would do anything now. to to you know to, to convince so himself. So there's a lot more um, there's a lot more climate stuff on there now. Don't have you been on recently? No. Um, they've got a climate editor now. Uh, and they're regularly posting stuff about how you know the climate hoax is complete bollocks. And then they and then now the Daily Skeptic has become enough of an entity that it now gets fact checked. These articles get fact checked by the the fact checkers, and so then they'll post their rebuttals to the so-called fact checks. Like, these things are so. You talked about cognitive dissonance. These things are so the opposite. Of what they actually are, their opinion checks. I mean, is that or are they or are they just lies? Yeah, I, I I'm I'm struggling now with so many of these concepts, but they're just narrative spinners. It, but it is sinister. It always was sinister. I don't really know how long it's been going on for, but I know that. Everything. I mean, I, it, I don't think it's anything new. I think being able to with the event, tell you what's new. with social media, being able to, to to get access to information and to be able to liaise and contact people has enabled tell you us what's to, new, to work it out. I tell you what's new, and that is, these are all individually political scandals, okay, and not one of them gets given any traction whatsoever. There's no inquiry when the birth figures come out the way they do or when the 12 year olds start getting pericarditis there's no resignations there's no brushing it under the carpet they do nothing at all but that could have move on i imagine that happened in the past we just weren't aware of it yeah but there were still plenty of examples where where this stuff was public and it did happen uh, yeah, but I, I think I think, and there are still examples of bad things happening where they get investigated. I imagine there were lots of this is this is probably me being a bit cynical, but I imagine there were lots of worse things that we just never found out about, and they were just showing this other thing. Oh yeah, look a squirrel. Yeah, look at look at this slightly I'm, marginal bad thing that we're going to investigate because we're decent people. Oh, I'm not. Whereas I'm not we're even doing saying, this over here, and I, we're I not even going to tell you about it. I want to be very clear. I don't think that the inquiries, the investigations, the firings, or the changing the names or people in these organisations actually did anything at all. I'm saying what's gone is the veneer of them doing something about it. So I'm not saying that any of those things were effective. Those things were a distraction, but they don't even pretend anymore. But I think that's because we're seeing the really bad things that they, would, that they are now doing. And we, in the past, we haven't seen those really bad things. This is yeah, but the really bad things now are affecting the birth rate. Oh yeah, they are. The, the, I'm the, saying the, this the, the is really the bad things are scale. probably worse. They are. You can't you can't say that things at this level of badness 
have been happening. Yeah, because we've never locked down the entire world before. Or tried to mass inject people with a DNA-altering technology. Yeah, I mean, just, the list goes on. <laughs> and, and this is it. The list is so big now yeah. that it's like you can you can get away with ridiculous bad things. Bad things that you wouldn't have been able to get get, get away with before mm. because there's this mother of all bad things going on. Yay. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's. It's. I. I really. That's one of the reasons I can't. And I. I, I love Toby for some of the stuff he does. I mean, some of the stuff he does for free speech is excellent. Yeah. But I can't listen Culture to him on anything else because it's just it's so obvious co- cognitive dissonance there that it's I don't know. And, and it's pe- it's people like him that are going to have issues because they're forced to lie to themselves and I've, I've talked about this in the past I've seen lots of people who were reluctantly admitting that particularly the Conservative government has been bad over yeah. Covid now as soon as Boris does anything with Ukraine oh isn't he fantastic I told because people were challenging saying told you you shouldn't have voted Conservative we, yeah. we warned you about about Boris just being um, the same as everybody else he's, yeah. he's no different the Conservative Party are exactly the same as the Labour Party really you know there's degrees of difference but not very much and they're like no 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 you've got to vote for Boris otherwise Jeremy Corbyn will get in and all this kind of stuff and then it's like well hang on Corbyn's against vaccine mandates and, and you know would it really have been much worse as soon as Ukraine starts happening yeah we told you you never get this under, under, under Corbyn we were right to vote Conservative, and it's like we're clinging on to this because we we don't, you know they just don't like thinking that they they voted for the wrong person that they put their faith in a, a political I think, party. I think that's a big thing, and it's like this, this now makes this, this now makes cognitive dissonance that little bit easier because there's like a tiny tiny thing that I they heard, cling on to. I heard someone um, I heard someone say before I can't remember who uh, that a way of convincing people. Um, helping them to convince them that uh, they need to snap out of out of this is to tell them a story about when uh, when you were wrong and what you did about it and how it was okay. Okay, and you, when you think about it, the psychology of that, and what you're doing is you're saying to people, it's okay to change your mind, it's okay to be wrong, and it's okay to talk about it and admit that you, you that you were wrong. And I thought that's a really interesting one, and I haven't really been able to try that out on people, I've, I've, mainly because I'm never wrong. I, yeah, I can't think of an example that I would be able to give people. <laughs> <laughs> um, joking aside, um, what I have done with people in the past um, is so when it specifically when it talks when we're talking about government and how that's pe- when people I was wrong. Are, yeah, but my entire journey. I, I just briefly described the journey. I'm like, yeah, I, I was exactly where you were 10 years ago, thinking we just need the right people in charge. Yeah. Then you get to the point where, you know, it's nobody can do the job. And then you eventually get to the point where even if they could do the job, it would be morally wrong, you know, and you can't kind of describe them. So I'm like, this, this is where I was, you know, we just need, we just need these people in charge. And then we need smaller government so that if the wrong people get in charge, it's not so bad and all this kind of stuff. It's like, look, I know exactly where we, you're we going. Need, we need to minimize it, but it's necessary. Yeah, all that, yeah. All that stuff, all that stuff. And then, and then you get to the point where, you, you know, like, okay, no, this is the next step. And I, I know exactly where, you, where you're going. This is probably where you'll be in six months' time. Yeah. Um, so, so you're here. But it's fine because we're all at that stage at one time or another. You've just got to keep an open mind and you'll probably get to, to this stage eventually. But don't rush it. It's all good. 
Um, you know, you need to go through it in your own time. Um, but this is probably, you know, the steps you're going through are the steps that I've gone through, you've gone through, yeah. other people you know have gone through. Yeah. Because you are brainwashed for your entire life yep. to think that there are only two options, you know, the, the you know, communism or fascism, and that's it. Yeah. Um, or some kind of magic formula of both. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the, that, that's the way I think. Um, well, uh, that's what people should try and do then try and talk about their own experiences with people uh, and you see I, I, I still think that people if people listened to clever people like you, that, you're pointing at the recorder indicating that the, the, the us our the our record <laughs> yes yes if we, only we, people listen we to fulfill, us we fulfil the clear need uh, if only to signpost people to other podcasts yeah I think the reason you'd listen to us is one to, to, to work out all the other podcasts that you that you should perhaps listen to sometimes it's to summarise other podcasts so you don't have to listen to yeah um, it's an important service we're providing here yeah and just so people realise that you're not the only one I think that's the service that we perhaps provide it's like you're not the only ones going through this yeah we're, you know, we're going through the same thing and we think exactly the same things that you do you're not alone if you've enjoyed this edition of Sounding Board make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcast platform and visit soundingboard.com to see all our audio recordings, videos and blogs. We don't want your money, but you can support Sounding Board by giving us a great review and sharing us with the people you know. If you have an idea for a topic of conversation, why not join us in our Telegram channel at t.me forward slash soundingboard. See you next time.